welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again this evening. And uh, to be able to worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. Sister Mary, it is so good to see you here. Praise God. You're doing good, sister. Last time I seen you, you were in the last pew. Now you're up five. You you walked a little further. Praise God. Amen. And that's, you're the one that encourages me not to have that surgery. (laughs) Hallelujah. But I'm sorry. I'm going to do the other kind. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. You know, it's hard, surgeries are hard, but when you start getting up in years, they just kind of seem to get a little harder. Praise God. And uh, so I was uh, thinking about different things and and all this stuff going on, and I'm just glad we can come in the house of God and worship Spirit of Truth. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I took the plunge today. I took the plunge today. I got my first shot. And so I said, you know, somebody says, well, why did you get a shot for? Why are you doing that? Well, I just happened to be around a lot of people. And uh, I, I, as a police chaplain, as well as a pastor and all the people that I'm around. And uh, so, uh, and I just happened, somebody just happened to give me the shot that did a good job. So. Next thing I know, they hit me and said, you're done. And I'm like, well, I didn't even feel nothing. Now I'm feeling a little something. <laughs> Praise God. Let's go to Acts the 8th chapter tonight. And I do want to give a praise report. Sister Martin texted me Monday morning at about 9.08, I think it was. And she was talking about her little five-year-old girl received the Holy Ghost at 8.23 on Monday morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And she was praying so good in the altar. Sister Michaela was praying with her. Both the girls were praying. And I'm telling you, you know, a lot of people just don't understand that kids' hearts are open. They're just so receptive. And uh, that's why we put so much stock in our kids' power hour, our Sunday school, and things like that, our youth department. Amen. Because the statistics prove out the longer you go in life, the less likely you're going to receive the message, amen, because so many things are in your mind cluttering it from life in general and stuff like that, so amen. Praise God. Well, the eighth chapter of the book of Acts, and I'm just going to read the first four verses to start out with here. This is the beginning of the persecution uh, by Saul. Saul's persecuting the church. 
Bible says Saul was consenting unto his death. Whose death? Stephen. And I'll go back and, and review that in just a second. Uh, and at the time, there was a great, great arose great persecution against the church, was, which was at Jerusalem, and, there, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men, everybody say devout men, carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, or dragging, uh, the translation is dragging off men and women, uh, committed and committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Everybody say they went everywhere preaching the word. I'm glad that's got that in there. I'm glad it didn't say they all went and hid somewhere. Praise God. But they wanted us to know that even though persecution happened and they scattered all over the place, they were taking the word of God with them and presenting it to, uh, to whomsoever will, wherever they went. Amen. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you once again for your goodness, mercy, your love, and kindness. Thank you for this opportunity to be in your house of worship. Amen. And to join together in our worship and praise unto you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we're asking, Lord God, right now that as we open up our hearts to receive your word, amen, that that word would have an impact in our lives. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray and let everybody say amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Amen. We're talking about the early church. We're talking about the first church. Amen. We're talking about what God began, amen, and what God will finish, hallelujah. When you read the prior uh, uh, chapter in verse 7, it kind of sets the table for chapter 8, um, and um, it's been several, several weeks since we've been there. So uh, uh, chapter uh, 6 actually uh, accuses Stephen in his sermon of being blasphemous. And uh, when you begin in chapter 7 and verse 1, the uh, uh, high priest asked a simple question. Uh, basically, are these things true? They were trying to say that he was being blasphemous. When you go to chapter 7, verse 17, 36, he preaches about Moses being the rejected sa Savior. In his sermon, he also uh, talks about Israel's rebellion against God. When you read verse 43 of, of chapter 7, it says uh, that ye took up the tabernacle of Molech and the, and the star of your God, Rephem. Uh, in other words, your figures, your images, you took those things up. And if you ever read anything about the fire, uh, the, uh, the fire of Molech, they were actually passing their kids through the fire of Molech as sacrifices. Uh, some things that happen that you look at, it just, it's hard to rationalize. It's uh, like the incident we had just recently in our city with the young boy, and uh, I, I won't go into details, but it just, th things like that don't make sense to me. Uh, you know, yes, your kids may upset you, yes, they may get on your nerves, but no, you don't have the right to, to take their life. And... Uh, uh, you know, go, go to the fire station, go to the police station, go to a church, go somewhere and just say, hey, you know, I can't, you know, whatever, because there's a lot of people that would take care of kids like that in our day and time with no problem at all. But that, 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 that was part of what Stephen was preaching to them. Uh, this is what you're doing. You're, you're not doing what God desires for you to do. So he talks about the rebellion against God. 
in, in, in verse 44 to 50, uh, he talks about who the real tabernacle is. Amen. He says, God is a real, God's real tabernacle. This is what it is. In verse 51 to 53, he talks about you are resisting the Holy Ghost. In verse 54 to 60, uh, then we read that, that they got so angry at Stephen, they were gnashing their teeth and they stoned him to death. So Stephen became the first martyr, the first Christian martyr. And as you read the story, you understand that that, that is uh, the young man by the name of Saul that consented to that. They, they laid their cloak at his feet and, and then uh, uh, chaos broke out. And that's where we get into chapter 8. And uh, it first says Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church. They were spread out. So Stephen was arguing. He was arguing or Stephen argued uh, with wisdom and with passion. He wasn't afraid of what the consequences were. Right? Amen. He wasn't afraid of that. And so his sermon was tailored explicitly for the audience, his audience. And he spoke what was important to uh, the hearers there. He did not attack his accusers. Uh, he gave them the Jewish history and then told them that they were repeating that history. Right? Amen. And so uh, because he was telling them uh, a little bit about their history and that they were just repeating it, they decided that they were going to kill him. And so Stephen's last deed in life was the simple uh, act of forgiveness. Amen. He forgave his attackers. He forgave those that were throwing stones at him. Amen. He forgave those that were about ready to take his life. Amen. And he received his reward. Amen. So, so uh, uh, you know, uh, the great uh, um, uh, di diaspora or uh, the, the uh, separation uh, of the saints of God, the scattering of the saints of God out of uh, Jerusalem uh, was uh, actually uh, the, the thing that was going to pass the gospel off onto many other people. And so Saul begins his earnest persecution of those Christians that were there in Jerusalem. And when you read this story, the death of Stephen leads us to the understanding that they will not only be sent to prison as Christians, but they will be killed as well. So it wasn't the fact that they were going to be persecuted, just, you know, you're a Christian, or put you in jail for a few days, or whatever. No, now... Uh, their life was at stake. Their life was at stake. Amen. And so the early church finally leaves Jerusalem and Judea and heads out into uh, Samaria. Now, this is really important when you look at this because um, uh, the gospel was being uh, taken out. So let's, let's look here uh, in the uh, uh, chapter 1 verse 8. The Bible says, You shall receive power after this that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea, right? In Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Unto the uttermost part of the earth. So we have another character that comes into play. Amen. It was Philip the Evangelist. One of the seven that was chosen out. You need to talk and, and, and maybe uh, uh, read a little bit about Philip and the life of Philip because Philip was called back in John, the first chapter, uh, beginning in verse 46. Uh, notice what he says here. 
The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Amen. Now, how many would follow somebody that just walked up to you and said, follow me? Most of us would say, who are you? Or you might say, where are we going? Now, now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city, that, the same city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth, he goes and finds Nathanael and saith him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. That's exciting. And Nathanael says, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip just says, Come and see for yourself. And so Philip's next, very next action after the Lord says, follow me, is he went and found somebody else and said, come and see. Right? Amen. Because I believe when God calls us, it's not just to be called alone. I think God then wants us to go and reach other people and also say, look what the Lord hath done in my life, who I've come in contact with that's blessed my life. Come and see. Amen. Well, you know, what's that church all about? You know, there's all kinds of church everywhere. What's that church about? Well, come and see. Everybody say, come and see. Amen. So that's his action. He doesn't spend a lot of time arguing with Nathaniel about the validity of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not into debating people over Scripture. Now, I will explain. I will talk to them. But if they're wanting to debate me, I, I'm not going to sit and debate Scripture. Not, not in that context. Amen. I'm not going to debate you, the Godhead, or the validity of Jesus Christ. Just come and see for yourself. Come and see if it's real. Come and see if you feel the power of God. Amen. Come and see. Everybody say, come and see. Amen. So, the Lord calls him. He goes and finds Nathaniel. Nathaniel says, does anything good come out of Nazareth? He said, eh, I'm not going to debate you on that one. Why don't you just come and see? Right? And so his ministry is beginning. And, 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 and Philip uh, is used mightily of God to bring other people to the Lord. So when you look in John the 12th chapter, uh, verse 12, 20 and 21, and he says, and there, was a there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast. Then came, the, then the same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired, desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. Now, evidently these Greeks knew that, that Philip was a follower of Christ and uh, that he would, uh, 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 no doubt in their mind, be able to take them to meet him. And so uh, we need, I believe we need more Philips in the church. Amen. Somebody says, well, I don't know all the ins and outs of Scripture. I don't know. That's not what he's calling you right now. He's just calling you to be an individual that loves God, that's full of the Spirit of God, that is, that is, that's got faith, uh, that's simply willing to testify to somebody and say, come and see. Right? Amen. That's what it's all about. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Why don't you clap your hands and praise him tonight? Hallelujah. So they wanted him to, wanted uh, Philip to take them to the Lord. And uh, 
so we see the scripture when it says Jerusalem, uh, you know, uh, 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 Judea, Samaria, and to the other posts. So it's parts of the earth. So now we find ourselves Jerusalem and Judea. If I can say is in the rearview mirror, that might be not the wrong, right, the right terminology. But in essence, now we're talking about Samaria. And so Philip goes to Samaria. Now you know the story of the Samaritans. Amen. They were, they were uh, part Jew and uh, part uh, Gentile or, uh, you know, they, they weren't, uh, uh, they weren't full-blooded Jews. And so the Jews didn't like them and they didn't like the Jews. And so Philip says, they need the gospel. And so he preaches, the, preaches Jesus to the city of Samaria. Now let's look here beginning in verse 5 of chapter 8 uh, and, and see what it says in the book of Acts. The Bible says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, uh, to, to the city, or the, the city, a translation is a city of Samaria, and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord. Now, where, where do you see that before? In the upper room, they were what? In one mind and one accord. Amen. And so, with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Now seven explains it. Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. Many were taken with palsy and that, that, and, 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 and that were lame. And, and the Bible says they were what? All right. Now, if, if miracles like that begin to happen, it's going to get your attention. Right? And the Bible said here that with one accord, the people of that city took notice of what was going on. And verse 8 says, and there was great joy in that city. Amen. When God starts doing things, it changes lives. You see, Jesus had already been there to Samaria. Understand it. Remember the scripture? Amen. Earlier in his ministry, there was the woman at the well, the Syrophoenician woman at the well. Amen. So she didn't go at the, at the normal time of day with everybody else. Why? Her reputation. And so Jesus met there, you know, the, the, the ones that were following the disciples. You know, we, we don't go. We go, around, we go around Samaria, Lord. We don't go through Samaria. We take, the, we take the long way. We go around Samaria. He says, no, today I need to go to Samaria. Amen. Amen. He knew there was going to be a woman at that well that needed his words that day, and that was going to change the lives of many people. And they spent two days with Jesus and heard him speak. That's in John, the fourth chapter. And so uh, they, admit, they uh, may have been more than, than ready to hear about Jesus now. Amen. Philip was back. They remember that. And they're like, okay, Philip, and now more people are ready to hear about Jesus, this Jesus. And so uh, Philip, according to Scripture here, has performed some miracles in that city. Let me go over them again. Demons were cast out. How many believes that, that demons still have to go when we call on the name of the Lord? Do you believe that? I believe that. Amen. I still believe, as the scripture says, that they tremble at the name of Jesus. Right? Amen. They fear him. Amen. They don't want to be around him. They flee. Amen. They don't, they don't, they cannot. They don't have the power. And when you call on the name of the Lord, demons have to they have to flee. They have to leave. They are subject to the power of God. And it says the sick are cured. Amen. I believe the sick folks still can be healed, right? 
Amen. How? Through the power of Jesus Christ. Through the name. Everybody say the name. The lame walk. Amen. And then, so the miracles happen and what happened? Great joy. Everybody say great joy. Amen. That's why we rejoice. Amen. When Sister Martin's youngest five-year-old got the Holy Ghost. Amen. We rejoice in that. Amen. I, re- I rejoice when somebody says, you know what? I was feeling bad. I got prayed for or I prayed where I was at and God touched my, my body. Amen. We rejoice in that, right? Amen. And so here's what happened. When you go to Acts the 8th chapter, verses 19, or verse 9 through 13, it says, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery, and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. They thought, man, look at what he's doing. Amen. This, yeah. To whom they all gave heed. He had their attention, right? From, from, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because that, that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. See, I'm going to tell you something right now. you got to get yourself in a place with God where you can recognize and understand what is of God and what is not of God. Right? I have no interest of being a part of something that's not of God. I have a lot of interest of being a, whole, being a part of something that, 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 that knows God, loves God, serves God, and what's going on is of God. Amen. But it says, but when they believed Philip, now Philip comes along, and they believe Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What's it say? They were baptized both men and women. Now let's look at verse 13. Then Simon... The guy that was bewitching them and using the magic and all that, Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But see, I'm going to tell you something right now. Being saved is more than just being baptized. You need the whole truth. Amen. What is that? The whole truth? Uh, nothing but the truth, right? The whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. Amen. So even the local sorcerer, even the local sorcerer becomes a believer. Now, 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 uh, um, in, in, uh, verse, or in, in, uh, in verse 13, it says, he himself believed also. And so notice that they were all baptized. How? Come on now. How were they baptized? In the name of Jesus. Amen. Right? Amen. So, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts 4, Acts 4.12. Uh, you know, when, when you go back to Acts 4.12, let's go look at it real quick. Uh, let me get my glasses on here. Neither is there salvation in any other, Right? For there is none other name under heaven given among men. Where? Whereby what? We must be saved. Amen. There is none other name. There is none other name. And so the Samaritans, you know, when, when you read the scripture in verse 8, now, now there's, there's history here. What, and I want to I try to expound on this a little bit. Uh, when you look at 8, 14 through 17, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, 
they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they would come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 7 says, 17 says, Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, you might have the question, well, in the upper room, it fell on them, and they received the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The initial sign, speaking with other tongues, the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Why did Peter and John have to go to Samaria? Philip was already there as the evangelist had already been doing miracle signs and wonders, already baptized them in the name of Jesus, why did they not receive the Holy Ghost at that time? Now, it's, it, there's, an important, there's an important distinction here. We have to understand this because when you look at the Scripture, you will find out that, uh, uh, that there was the issue. I said a little bit about it. There was an issue between uh, the Samaritans and the Jews, Right? Amen. And so, uh, you know, when you, when you look at, at Pentecost, there was no human instrument that was involved in the baptism of the Spirit of God falling on them. Right? Amen. There was none. There was no, they weren't, you know, it doesn't say they were laying hands on each other. Peter and John wasn't laying hands, no, there wasn't none. It just fell on them right where they were at. The house that they were setting, it fell on them. And let me say it again, there appeared to them clothed in tongues as a fire, and it sat on each of them. Okay, so that was, that was, that was a, a God send, all right? But when you look at the scripture here, in, in, this, in this scripture, you'll find out that that was delayed. They were baptized, but there was no outpouring of his spirit until the arrival of Peter. And, and when Peter came and laid hands on them, then they received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thus, understand, the church at Jerusalem and the Samaritans now were united. Amen. Those that had a problem with each other because of the infilling of the Spirit of God, they were now brothers and sisters in the Lord. They weren't a separated people. They were one. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. So, so, so basically the importance of this here is uh, that uh, when, when, uh, uh, when, when Philip laid or when Peter laid his hands on them and they received uh, the Holy Ghost, they were already, man, miracle signs, wonders, like I said a second ago. They were confirmed. Uh, Philip's ministry was confirmed. It was, I mean, it, it, he, was the, he was an evangelist. And so many believed and all of that. Uh, you know, but understand this, the power of what just happened brought unity to these two groups of people. Because understand this, without Peter's involvement, this work may have never been accepted by the Jews. But Peter leaving Jerusalem, going down there because of the news that they had received or that they had received the truth and, or they were baptized, amen. He goes down and because he went, amen, it brought unity 
to the body. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what. The Holy Ghost is not a divider. It's a, it's a uniter. Right? It, it's the way it is. Hallelujah. So it's important to note that there is a clear distinction here between the baptism of, of, of uh, being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost. Because some people will argue that we receive the Spirit of Christ when we are baptized. But Acts chapter 8 clearly refutes that. Right? And so uh, you are born of the water. Baptism how? Uh, you are born of the Spirit receiving the Holy Ghost. Born of the water. Born of the Spirit. Baptism in filling of the Holy Ghost. They are separate and they are distinct. And so Philip asked for a little bit of help. Not too proud to go uh, send for, you know, that's one thing about it is. You know, look, we have to realize as an individual we ain't all that. Come on, you, you know, have you ever heard that expression? When you look at somebody and, they're getting, and you look at them, and usually it's, it's said in kind of a little, you know, not in the best manner, but yeah, you ain't all that. What you talking about? You ain't all that. You know? And, 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 but but under, he, he understood, you know, I, I, I got to get Peter and John over here. Come over here and help me pray with this person. Come over here and help me pray with that person. Amen. They've been baptized in Jesus' name, but they need the Holy Ghost, right? We need to help each other. So Acts 8, 18 to 20, here's the sign. And when Simon saw that through laying on the apostles, Simon, now remember Simon, remember who Simon was. He was the guy that was bewitching them. He was the guy that was doing magic stuff. And they, they man, everybody thought, whoo, man, this guy's got it. Right? Okay, so here we go. And, and, and when Simon saw through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. He offered some money. Understand. He become a believer. He was baptized in Jesus' name. He's seen the demons cast out. He's seen the miracles transpire. He's seen the joy. He's seen the happiness in people's life. But when they laid hands on him and people started talking in tongues, he was like, I want to do that. Here's some money. What would it cost me to be able to do this? You see, folks, you don't follow Christ for uh, the shekels. You don't follow Christ for the money. You don't follow, you're not going to get something because you give X amount of dollars and that means you're going to have more power than the person down the, down the aisle that, that don't have two pennies to rub together. No, when you, if you, if, I don't care, whoever you are, just understand this right now, that if you've got a relationship with God, I say it all the time, I'll say it again. Amen, there's a difference between knowing God and knowing of God. There's a lot of people sitting on church pews that know of God, but they have yet come to the place where they know God really. And so you have to realize that, that, that you put yourself in this position, uh, amen, and Simon says, look, I want to do this. I'm going to give you money. He said, give me, give me also this power as though money could do it. Money can't do nothing when it comes to the Spirit. Yes, we use money to, to, to help people. Yes, we use money to uh, send missionaries around the world. Yeah, that's what money's good for. But money is not going to buy you power with God. <laughs> so he offered him money. Give me this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands, they may receive it. He may receive the Holy Ghost. And Peter was ticked. He said, thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You know, P Peter had a little temper. 
Come on, right? How, 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 many, how many knows Peter had a little temper? Oh, he, he had a little temper, you know. And, uh, and so, so he says, you know, thy, money's, thy money perish with you. You know, I could just see him waving his hand like that. Amen. You can't purchase this thing with money. But, but understand this. Simon saw something. There was a sign that the people had received the Holy Ghost. He saw that. And to him it was more astonishing, more astonishing, as I said a minute ago, than the demons being cast out, the sick being cured, or the lame walking. You would have thought he had said, Philip, hey man, how much you want for this? Show me how to do this. Uh, he offered money for it. You see, if you go back to Acts 2 and Acts 10 and Acts 19, you're going to see that the sign of receiving the Holy Ghost is what? Speaking with other tongues. Amen. Speaking with other tongues. You look in Acts, that's, that's, that's how it happens. There's no reason to think that it was any different in this occasion. And so Simon tried to, he tried to put a dollar amount on, on the Holy Ghost. You can't put a, you can't put a, you can't, uh, you know, fix a number uh, to what, what it is. You know, what you can buy, you know. Something you can buy, you can sell. Right? So if he could buy it, he could sell it. In fact, you know, that, that part of, may, may have been part of his scheme. Man, if I, can buy, if I can buy it, somehow buy this, then maybe I can sell it. Buy the truth and sell it not. When the price gets high enough, people sell out. Yeah. First few times, somebody might say, no, you know, I'm going to keep this, I'm going to keep this. And somebody gives you that number. You know, that's why they say everybody's got a price. Judas's price was 30 pieces of silver. What's our price? What's our price? Amen. I hope we can say there is no price. This is more precious than gold. Right? Amen. More precious than silver. More, more precious than all the gems in the, in the mountains. More precious than all the wealth of the world over and over and over again to infinity. Amen. This is more precious than any of that. Right? If you believe that, clap your hands tonight. Amen. And praise Him. You cannot buy the Holy Ghost. You can't walk up to me tonight and say, hey, pastor, I'll give you $20 for the Holy Ghost right now. I'm, I'm going to look at you about like Peter looked at uh, uh, Simon and say, shh, go on. Your money perish with you. You can't buy this. You can't drop $1,500 on the offering plate and receive the Holy Ghost. You can't, you can't drop a million dollars in the offering plate and receive the Holy Ghost. It's not about that. A lot, your life has to be changed. It comes between you. You've got to repent of your sins if you ever want to be filled with His Spirit. You can't buy it. In fact, you go on down in the 26th verse through the 35th verse, Philip, okay, Amen. The evangelist. Somebody said the evangelist. Tells a story here about, uh, well, let, let's just read it. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south into the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Everybody say desert. You know, he didn't say, why? The desert. That, that, why are you sending me to the desert for crying out loud? Look at all the people around here. Send me down the block. Send me across town. Why are you sending me to the desert? No, he didn't do that. 
Amen. After the word came to him, he arose and went. Verse 27, Behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. Uh, he was reading Isaiah as a prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither. He ran, folks. Hey, there it is right there. That's a chariot. He ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you're reading right here, Mr. Ethiopian? And he said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. And, and he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place, the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And, a, and like a lamb dumb before his shearers. So opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee. Of whom speaketh the prophet this? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at that same scripture and preached what? Preached unto him Jesus. So, so Philip is called. Now understand this. Let's go get the context here. He's called by the Spirit to leave this revival. Go into the desert you know, think about it. It's, it's, like the, it's like the scripture talks about the, the shepherd leaving the 90 and 9 and going out to find the one. Or the, 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 the woman that, had the, that, that still had nine coins, but the one was lost. It was very important. So we got we to gotta sweep. We got to look under everything. We got to find this coin. And what happens in those occasions? Everybody rejoices when they're found. So Philip could have stayed there, but no. The Spirit said, you know what, Mr. Evangelist, amen, I need you to go to the desert. I've got somebody that's reading the Word, and they need to have some instruction. Amen. And so this chariot was passing him up, so Philip runs to the chariot. This was a very important man that just wasn't anybody, but Philip wasn't afraid. Look, folks, let me tell you something right now. You might look at certain people that might be driving a BMW or a Mercedes-Benz or a nice car of some kind, and you may say, you know what, I'm not, um, what's the word I want to use? Help me, Brother Bobby. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not in their class. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not capable or it's above my pay grade or whatever like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not able to do this or you think you can't do it. But understand this. I like to look at it this way. If I go talk to a doctor, I want him to be able to tell me everything that's going to happen. He's a specialist in that field. But I'm going to tell you what. If I get him in the Word of God, I'm the specialist. You understand what I'm saying? All right? Come on now. Understand that. Amen. When you, when, you, when, you, when you flip that around and understand, people might have all the education in a field and they may have all that, but you have the Spirit of God. You have the Word of God. You have the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So don't be afraid to talk about somebody, to somebody about your experience. It's up to them whether they receive it or not. In this case, uh, amen, the eunuch received it. Amen. So Philip starts where the man already knows where he's at. Amen. And he explains to him how the scripture that he was reading points toward who? Jesus Christ. And Philip, Philip, 
Philip, Philip was used to bring people to the Lord. Now, we get down in verse 36 and 40. This is where the Ethiopian is baptized. And I've, I've talked about this recently but uh, in passing, but as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, Philip didn't say, you know, here is water, what doth hinder thee to be baptized? No, the eunuch said, hey, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Amen. And so Philip said, if thou believest, if thou believest all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. Now notice this. This is crazy. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught up away Philip. The eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. <laughs> Think about that right there. Hey, man, you want to talk about something that put the heebie-jeebies on you? <laughs> you talk about something that's going to raise the hair on the back of your neck. Is you just sitting here talking in the chariot for all this time about the word of God, he expounds. He baptized you. You come up rejoicing in the Lord. You look around, and he's gone. Whoa. And then it says here, but Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Philip the evangelist. What started in the chapter with the death of Stephen? God is doing great things. Folks, I'm going to tell you something right. God has not stopped. God has not given up. Amen. It's, it, and I'm telling you what, he's going to keep on doing his work until he decides to call his church home. And understand, it's, 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 it's interesting that Philip preaching about Jesus leads to the Ethiopian being baptized. You, you can't just talk about Jesus. You've got to apply him to your life. Come on, everybody say, i got to apply him. Amen. It's not enough simply to believe. Everybody say, just believe. It's not just about believing. You've got to be baptized. Because the Ethiopian believed. But Philip still said that he had to be baptized. Simon believed. But he still needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not enough simply to believe. They went down in the water, and folks, baptism is only done correctly by immersion. Period. End of sentence. Dot, dot, dot. Or maybe I should put exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. But understand this. I believe that God can lead us to, to key people at our workplace, at our schools, in our cities, come on, somebody say praise the Lord. In our in families, there's a there is a key person, brother Bobby. I'm telling you, there there are there's key people that we're going to reach in the Spanish community that's going to open the door to families like we've never seen before. I'm telling you that key people, key people. It's, it's almost like there's certain people that have a have a key that can open the door. And I believe massive revival can come from that. Some of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the 20th century happened in the nation of Ethiopia, if you've ever read anything about it. Tens of thousands of people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, and uh, you know, uh, it, it's just it's phenomenal. Could it be, somebody asked a question, could it be that the Ethiopian that Philip met was the key person for that nation? 
Amen. Let me tell you something right now. Don't stop preaching. Don't stop witnessing. Don't stop talking. Amen. But, Pastor, they, they refuse what I got to say. Keep going. Not everybody's going to receive this. Not everybody's going to accept this. Amen. I'm not going to get down in the dumps over it. I'm just going to go to the next person. Amen. The Bible says, to whomsoever will. There's got to be a will. There's a will involved. There's a will involved. You've got to will it. You've got to want it. Amen. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about if you're looking at me and, and God's moving on me and, 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 and I'm getting the Holy Ghost. And I don't care what you think. I just care about what he thinks. And the, the main thing is, is that what I care about is are you rejoicing with me? Are you excited with me? Are you happy, amen, that I'm receiving this experience? Let's, I'm, I'm going to quit. Let's stand. And so Philip continues preaching. Doesn't stop. From the desert of Gaza, he's taken to the city of Zotos where he preaches until he reaches Caesarea. And where, wherever he found himself, Philip spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. It did not matter if it was, in a, was to a city of outcasts like Samaria or to a, to a town uh, uh, warlock uh, in Simon or an important member of society. Philip preached Jesus Christ. And here's my thing. I think we need more Philips in the church today. People that only want to bring, not, not for your glory or anybody else, but you only want to bring people to Jesus Christ. Right? Yeah. Folks, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Amen. What can I do in this, in this day and time to present the gospel, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world? Folks, we live in a dark world, but we know that the church is light, and where the light is, it casts out the darkness. You can be in a dark place and light just a little match, and that little match will light up that room. Light dispels darkness. So I'm determined not to be um, saturated or enveloped or in a place of darkness and I'm all down and out about what's going on. No. Why? Because He is the light. He's in me and that light is going to shine abroad. Hallelujah. Amen. Into this world. Into your family, your friends, your neighborhood, whoever it might be. In Jesus' name. Do you believe that? We have a song here. Let's make it our prayer tonight.